Welcome to Cinema Savants, your weekly dose of movie news, movie reviews, and the occasional rumor, with your hosts, Todd Vandenberg and Rob Steele. We're back! Yeah, that's a Poltergeist reference, which, uh, you know, it's kind of appropriate since the top grossing movie in the world right now is a horror movie. Isn't it? I believe it is. Yeah, puns galore, this show. Todd is back. He's not not drowned, which is spectacular. It is spectacular. Uh, Partly spectacular, anyway. Partly. Uh, And I'm wearing F7 shoes. Um, (laughs) If you don't understand what we're talking about, just uh, keep listening. It'll make sense as we go along. Indeed it will. Yeah. <clears throat> so, things we got going on this we've got a t- lot of stuff to go over cuz actually we haven't been here for a while. We haven't. Between, you know, weather. That sounds stupid to call a podcast on account of rain. And then you look <laughs> at how much rain it was and you go, "Ooh, yeah." It was a lot of rain. Call it on account of rain. Um Let's see. We'll start I guess with the box office. Do you think the weather had anything to do with the box office, or was it just the fact that all the films right out that are out right now are just kind of crap? Speaking speaking of rain, it is making it rain. Now the box office is has just been other than a one particular film. There hadn't been a lot of decent movies at all for gosh, seems like about two months now. Yeah, and we'll get to more specifics on it. But one of the things I think is even more amazing about how well it's done. Well, I can have to stop saying how well this particular film has done. That's a really <laughs> long way to say it. Just a bit. Is is that probably not a lot of people in Houston or Florida going to the movies? Oh, gee, why not? So that's two pretty big markets that this film. Notice I'm not saying it, that this film lost out on. So the fact that it, dang, I said it again. Oh, oh, oh. Anyway. It'll be fine. Yeah, I'm about to go into a Monty Python skit. So, yeah, the fact that it had, that it pulled in gigantic numbers its opening weekend. And as stated in Variety, if it happens to crack the $60 million mark in its second weekend, which is, the projections are very close, that would be only the 21st time a movie has ever done that in its second weekend. Not horror movies, not R-rated movies, any movie. Um, it's pretty. It's a pretty good thing. It's pretty spectacular. Uh, yeah. They're looking at a 10-day total of 215 million dollars. It'll be the. It's already the eighth highest-grossing movie of the year. And granted, <laughs> overall, it's been a pretty bad, pretty bad box office year. Like you said, not been a lot of great movies not been a lot of fan favorites there have been it's been feast or famine basically there have been several obviously huge movies and a lot of movies that did nothing a lot of movies that absolutely bombed that were supposed to be huge hits or were expected to be uh, so you, you have competing uh, Stephen King movies and I would think I would think heading into it the Dark Tower seems that this would have been the uh, crowd pleaser. I mean, when you look at the headliners of the cast compared to the headliners in it, which are, are all unknowns. They're all in, yeah, they're, no, there's none. Exactly. And 
the Dark Tower, based on what thirty-seven books and fifty thousand million words from Stephen King, and it is just based on the one book. Uh, it's a long book. It is a long book because it is yet. Stephen King, and it does have the built-in thing. Although they did have the mini series, which you know people drew on that. Some people drew. But when I saw it, and I did get a break from all the fun Irma action, and after that was done, because I really needed to get out of any house at all, and, and saw that, and it was a pretty big crowd for a Thursday, and a pretty young crowd, so crowd that certainly does not remember the the miniseries unless they happen to catch it on Netflix or whatever it's streaming on right now, and probably didn't read the book because most of them looked illiterate because they're young. Ha! <laughs> I I don't mean that it at all but yeah huge crowds for this movie I'll, I'll, I'll be able to contradict that in a minute so don't don't Excellent. panic if you're a millennial or yeah. whatever yes I have millennials in the family and they are quite literate as far yes. as I know I haven't had them read to me lately so they may have lost it anyway uh, I'm going to hold off on the review of it until later unless you want it right now well actually i was thinking i was going to give you uh my daughter's review please i would much rather hear hers than mine uh for her birthday her friends took her to see it nice because uh she loves horror movies only one in the family which is really weird (laughs) um but yeah she loves horror movies her friends love horror movies they went to go see it and uh they went uh, I guess it was Friday afternoon. Went to the two o'clock show because they could. They're out of school. Yeah, they're exactly. they're in college now. And at two o'clock, I, I knew they were going to start the movie, and I have to go pick them up at around four fifteen. That's fine because apparently they had a ride to the theater and not from. The reason I'm telling you all this is because I have more information on that than I do the movie because I got a call at three that said. Dad, can you come get us? This movie was utter crap, and we've left. <laughs> wow. Which, yeah. I mean, they walked said they out were, on it. There were just four people in the theater, and they were it. Wow. Um, they, just, they said, I understand it's slow. I know there's a build to Stephen King movies, but holy cow, there's just... There's there's nothing to this movie, and we are. Kevin fell asleep, so and since he was driving at the time, I'm like, well, then he can bring you home, because yeah. he's dri- You know, that, that's yeah, dad thinking. But yeah, they got up and left. Wow. Was, was well, it was it that bad? No, they should have stayed because it is a slow build, but it does get better. The the, the odd thing to me about it is. It is a slow build, but they should have done more with the slow build because there's not a lot of. Well, I mean, they go back and they do some exposition as to oh, this this evil has been there for a long time, and Pennywise has, has shown up in like old photos and even old illustrations and blah blah blah. But like it's Doctor Who. There you go. It's just not very compelling the way it's put together. I mean, that there are scares that come early. And thankfully, there's more to the character of Pennywise than just jumping out and going boo, which is what the previews make you think. Uh, so there is, uh, he does have that charm to him, not nearly as much as Tim Curry did. 
but he does have that aspect to the character where he's being kind of a friendly clown that's creepy at the same time because after all he's when you first see him he's sitting in a storm sewer talking to a kid and enticing him to come in um i've got beer and chocolate oh yeah perfect yeah it's to me it's not that it starts out too slowly it says it doesn't put in enough background which it almost seems in a way it, it almost has too much because it does start slowly uh there are nice scares throughout that so it's not like it's just an hour of exposition and oh my god when does it start i mean the, the scares start pretty quickly um but overall i'd say it's good but not really good and not great i mean i'm really surprised that they didn't stay but i totally understand because it is kind of slow and again uh, a lot of times when you're younger you, you do want things to get going quicker. these millennials and their short yeah. attention span yeah exactly except that's not really true it's not that's not the case i mean the movie is a slow build just like you said and like a lot of king things are but for instance the shining has a very slow build but it's really compelling throughout whereas it is there's not enough there um to really just grab your interest and just hold on to you by the throat like a horror movie should Uh, it's interesting not saying it isn't but I can totally see why some people might think, man, nothing's going on. Even though there are things, there's just not enough early on. It gets faster and faster as it goes along. The action picks up. But it's just kind of missing something. I'm not sure if the Pennywise performance isn't... No, it's the script. His performance is fine. It's not Tim Curry, but it's fine. Uh, the kid actors, they're all good. Uh, the the I can't think of his name because I'm an idiot and I should have looked it up, but the uh, youngest, where is his name? Where is his name? He is here and I still can't find him. There he is, Jaden Lieberher. He is also in the Book of Henry and he was uh, that movie absolutely got ripped by the critics and didn't make any money. I really like the movie and he is fantastic in that movie. He is fantastic in this movie. Uh, so the young actors are really good it's just to me the script should have been kind of amped up a little and I don't mean just jump scares or something but there should have been more going on early and despite the fact that you know you learn a little more about the kids as you go along there's still most of them are still just kind of like one dimensional yes oh this is the wisecracking kid oh this is the, the hypochondriac kid I mean there's really nothing much more to most of those characters than that aspect and you got two hours and 15 minutes. They should have developed those characters more. Built them they, a little. Than they did. And Pennywise, there's there's zero motivation. And, I mean, it's just, oh, he's evil and he kills people and only kids. It's like, and that's it. That's all there is to Pennywise. So there's not like a, a lot of depth. I mean, there's zero depth to the character. You don't get any sense that Penny, why he's doing it. If he compels to do it, if he likes doing it, it's just for a character that should have a lot of depth, there's like no depth. So if you want to see a scary movie, yeah, it's a scary movie. It's I thought it was fun, but it's not going to it shouldn't. Um, well, I'm not going to speak for others. It okay. certainly will not show up on my list of like the top 20 horror movies ever. Maybe not even the top 50. How about if they have an extended cut that's coming out on Blu-ray? I believe they do. 
and that might change things and that might change things um but yeah that that's that's all i've got left um for this anyway the there's apparently an extended take on the pre-cliff jumping scene nice and a payoff to the stan bar mitzvah setup nice having not seen the movie i'm not entirely sure what these are talking about but that's okay well the 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 cliff jumping scene it all that does is shows shows that the bravest character is the chick which is what it was in the in the book and what which it was in the miniseries and and she was um i'm looking forward i will say i'm looking forward to chapter two yeah they're uh, that was they're making uh the official green light has been given which uh, gee you think <laughs> it's only made 200 million dollars uh it, the, the green light was given before it opened to be fair oh absolutely just because the expectations were were off the charts and i don't think they were even this big but because i there's the chance to pay off and find out more about these characters to see what happened to them, how they changed, etc. And I, the, one of the early casting rumors going around has been Jessica Chastain. And to me, I believe her name is Sophie Lilly. She, she is a dead ringer for a child, Amy Adams. I mean, looks wow. much more like Amy Adams. So the, but they, they should be in their early forties. She looks like so, a, more than a, more like Amy Adams than Amy Adams. Um, I don't know. I'm just Prob- that out. probably looks more like Amy Adams now than Amy Adams did when she was 13. Um, hey, but yeah, so they, that's the, the other thing too. They have to get people in their forties. Not that there's any shortage of actors and actresses in their forties. Certainly not. Think but, so. but it'll be interesting to see how they cast it. And there's nothing's come out yet about that. So it'd be nice to see. Once, am, once we well, hear it, we'll have it on the show. Yes, we will. Um, Actually, I want to throw this out just because it's uh, stupid and technically not movie-related entirely. <laughs> uh, it happened to me last night, actually. There's a, a, I was looking for something to do because it, it, you know, it was too early to go to bed, didn't want to watch anything on TV. I downloaded a new thing on my phone, a game called Lenguinis, which is kind of a – it's one of those matching games, but it's crossed mm-hmm. with Scrabble. And – I thought that that seems like it would be like a fun little game. And it gave me something to do until I went to bed. What I forgot to do was turn off notifications on my phone. Now, the reason that I'm tying this into horror, because at one o'clock this morning, my phone made this noise. <laughs> All right, then. Nice. So that's the sound my phone made. At 1.30 in the morning, yes, I'm asleep. Yes, it scared the crap out of me. Of course, my wife didn't hear a thing. Why are you awake? Why did you wake me up? I'm like, it wasn't me. It was the phone made a a scary as hell noise. And you need to get up because I got to change the sheets. I mean, this was freaky (laughs) as hell. So that's my scary thing for the week. I don't need to go see it. Um and my review of the game, if you want to get Languinis, you go right ahead. But turn off the notifications, otherwise you'll have to change your sheets. <laughs> Just saying. So anyway, um, let's go ahead and get the bad news out of the week. Out of the, out of the week. Bad news out of the week. We don't need any. Um, yeah, out of the way. 
Harry Dean Stanton died. Yeah. Which was sucks. very sad. And I did not realize that. Uh, I mean, I knew he, he not a spring chicken. Fully yeah. aware of that. I did not realize he was 91. Yeah. And I thought he was in his 80s, but didn't realize he was in his, his 90s. He's about, yeah, it's seven or eight years older than I than I thought. So and, and he definitely had been around a long, long time. Uh, and he was in what? Everything? Just Ever. about. Just about. Uh, you know, Red Dawn, Alien, Escape from New York, Godfather Part Two, The Avengers. He was the guy who gave the Hulk some pants. Um, yeah. No, if you go back, he was on Gunsmoke. For, I mean, that's going back. Although yeah. I, I did see this on he the list, and I want to find out what he was on Laverne and Shirley. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, didn't know. Wasn't expecting that. I'll have to look that up later. Um, along with this, there, there's two name things that came up with me this week. I saw an interview uh, having to do with uh, Marvel, and they were talking about, I've been calling him Kevin Feige, and apparently that's wrong. Someone called him Kevin Foggy, as in the lawyer guy with Daredevil, um, or, hey, there's these low-flying clouds outside. How do you, pr- do you know how to pronounce his name yeah. properly? Because I have not heard him say it. <laughs> And that just confused the crap out of me. It's like, ooh, have I been pronouncing it horribly wrong the whole time? I don't know. Um, goes with another thing. My daughter was doing a crossword puzzle um, with movies and stuff, and it said uh, one of the th- questions was about the movie My Left Foot, which I, of course, have ignored. So I get on IMDb, and I look it up, and I come across an actor whose name I'm really hoping is not pronounced the way it's spelled because it's spelled Ray McAnally. <laughs> and That's a very weird way to spell that. It is. It, it, McAn, M- M- McNally, I've heard, but never never McAnally. Which, uh, anyway. Interesting. <clears throat> uh, something that something else that I I didn't quite understand this week is Disney released an update to their uh, release schedule telling us about movies that are coming out in 2018, 2019. And I think they went as far as November 8th, 2019. uh, There's a movie called Nicole, which is apparently following Santa Claus's daughter. Okay, fine. Do you schedule going to see movies that far out? Because I'm free for lunch all next week. <laughs> and I'm looking at this schedule going, holy crap. I did. And I understand that they have to have it. Yes, but they didn't have to have it. Wow. Really? I, I don't yeah, have that far in advance. Yeah, the internet is a news... Uh, consumer and so anything that anybody might possibly want to know so that's why that's out there because because it's information so oh okay well I gotta post this so that's why we know that you know in 2027 Hulk 7 will come out you know it's where that's the point we're at so it's weird it is it is it is very weird indeed um, almost as weird as hearing Liam Neeson is retiring from action movies 
which well, well Liam Neeson he what he's just turned sixty five I think or something. I was going mean, to say he's he is Harry Dean Stanton's older brother, so it's about time he retires from action films. Although, no, he's not sixties mid sixties wouldn't surprise me. No, I mean, in a way, it kind of does. But just turned sixty five back in June. And I am now going to go back and watch the first movie I ever saw him in, uh, which was Crawl. <laughs> Good idea. Yeah. Uh, Liam Neeson and Robbie Coltrane. And if you don't know who Robbie Coltrane is, Aww. it was Hagrid. Yes. Um, only sad. shorter and less fuzzy. You're a sad person if you don't know who Robbie Coltrane is. He's wow. excellent. He's excellent. He is. I, I really enjoyed him. I liked him in the Bond movies, but you know, mm-hmm. um, I'm sure he's going to pop up in the Star Wars movies at some point because there's there's several left. And actually, this I guess goes back to the Disney release date thing because uh, Star Wars Nine was delayed from May of 2019 to December of 2019. Wow. So what happens? That's what happens when you dump your directors. Yeah, they got a new director. J.J. Abrams is going to be directing Star Wars 9, so prep the lens flare machine. Um, Which is is interesting. They are going... We seem to be going back to... We had a long phase where the studios weren't as important in a lot of ways, but it was more the directors were driving the industry. And now, especially with the huge franchises like Marvel, like... Star Wars, it's much more the production company is back you know, they're the ones who hold the reins because in Marvel movies I mean, I know offhand most of the directors but most people aren't going to think, oh wow I really like that movie because this is the person who put it, or who directed it they just know it's a Marvel movie, it doesn't matter to them that Kenneth Bernard directed this, you know it it's, doesn't fit just not on their radar, it really doesn't need to be, I mean for just a, a movie fan, nah, I like that movie. That's cool. Right. Uh, and they're so production driven because they want everything to fit. It has to be within this scope, which is why we wound up getting Baby Driver sooner than we did, because Edgar Wright didn't do Ant Man because he didn't fit their vision. Uh, and Ant Man was fun. Paul Bettany, what? <laughs> <coughs> Interesting. Right. Anyway. Anyways, this is the pun episode. We sure. told you there would be puns in this episode. Yes, yes. Ed. So you have pretty big name directors that are just getting dumped because nope, that's not the way we're going. And and t- to be completely frank, for the first time ever on this show, not really, they should dump the director if the director's not going with what they see the movie should be. Then okay, that's the wrong fit. We've talked about that before. It's like right. well then why did you think it was the right fit to begin with? You know what they've worked on before. Duh. You know, if you don't like the guys who did the Lego movie, um, then don't hire them Then don't hire them. So it seems kind of odd that you would think you would get a different take than, than you did. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. So I wouldn't be surprised to see this happen more and more frequently. Yeah. Uh, where, yeah, this just isn't going to work. It's odd that it, in some cases takes so long for them to realize it's not going to work and you wind up having major delays because not getting the Star Wars movie in May is kind of a big deal. Yeah. So especially with all the publicity yeah. and announcements and everything and yeah. Right. It, but and getting, that's a big getting mo- the that's right Star Wars movie. Big money maker. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. But getting it right as opposed to just throwing it out there. You know, maybe this is off. This is, yeah, much better. So yeah, and you kind of have to trust at this point because I'm not a huge fan of either of the Star Wars movies we've gotten so far. I mean, they're both really good. They're, they're much good, better not than as good that. As the original trilogy. Exactly, but they're much a huge improvement over the crap fest, which was the second trilogy. So I'm not about to complain. They weren't uh, that bad. Although I do have some news about them this week. Oh, have they burned all the? No, never. Mind. What is the news about them? Um, <laughs> Daniel Logan, who is an actor that very few people are going to remember by his name so far, he's the guy who played Itty Bitty Boba Fett in episode two. Mm -hmm. He's in a new movie called The Time War. Uh, has nothing to do with Doctor Who, which is kind of disappointing. That is. Um, but he, he's grown. He's at least a late teenager now because, yeah, it has been that long. Oh, yeah. Um, all grown. He's playing a, a, a time warrior. Uh, the plot of this movie in short form is that the Nazis experimented with time and now they have to correct all the things that Adolf Hitler changed when he went back and rewrote history. And they said, no, it's not a comedy because it sounds like it could be. Really? That sounds like a comedy? That doesn't sound like a comedy to me. Um, but that, that's where they're going with this movie. And near as I can tell, the only reason it's getting publicity uh, is partially because Daniel Logan's in it and we go, oh, look, Boba Fett grew up. And somehow uh, the movie is narrated by Christopher Lee. Um, okay. I'm not sure how they pulled that off. But uh, any movie narrated by Christopher Lee can't be uh, 100% bad. It's going to be 98%. <laughs> no, I, I honestly don't know how but it would yeah, be. That, but it'll be an interesting movie to see if the, you know when a trailer comes out or something. I, I do have to say it's interesting to see a photo of Logan because it's, yeah, that's definitely that same kid. You can kind of see it cool, in the face. The rest as of soon as you said it's narrated, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, the rest of them is rather large. Uh, but me, uh, seriously, the moment you said it's narrated by Christopher Lee, my interest in, in this like, increased by about a thousandfold. Yeah. I mean, wow. That has potential to be cool. I wonder if they just like, went back through all his performances and just pieced it together from... <laughs> that would be kind of a strange reading. That would be. It's all outtakes. It's all outtakes from. As an from audio Saruman. engineer, that would be horrific. And, <laughs> um, and the Wicker Man. That would be great. <laughs> and, and a nightmare. You know, speaking of audio, and this this really has nothing to do with our show, um, but I'm throwing it out there anyway because it came up in the search for news this week. The band King Crimson, right? Are you a yes. fan of King Crim King Crimson? Yes, pretty cool. Okay. They're releasing a box set that has 27 discs in it. <laughs> now, I looked this up. That's a lot of discs. They've only got 13 studio albums. So if they somehow stretched each album out to two discs, they've still got a disc left over. Uh, the, uh, I Outtakes, live performances, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you know what they're Still. filling it with. That's Still, pretty wild. On. And 
do they release box sets these days? Don't they just don't they just tell you this file is this big? Have fun downloading. (laughs) That would be enormous to download. Even that just audio. Wouldn't it? That would be fun. Although you know, speaking of downloading and that would require the internet, which brings me to the internet movie database. Uh oh. Now Uh-oh. You've heard me complain about their ads before. What What is their Never. ad right now? The, the, the background Never. ad on IMDb. Uh, okay, we're back to, I think it's Amazon Prime. I can't tell. It doesn't say what it's an ad for. You kind of have right. to guess. There have been some this week where I've looked at it and gone, and I still could never figure out what it was for. Probably the IMDb. Um, so... This week, I'm I waiting found for it to load. Right now, my connection is kind of goofy. Um, there was a uh, an ad on CNET on their downloads page that had the same concept, where there's an ad in as the background image. And you know what they had on this ad? The name of the product they're selling. So, dear IMDb, look at CNET. Get the idea of what they're doing. Do it yourself, because I don't know what the hell you're advertising half the time. There was one this week that was a rainbow. It was a pretty rainbow. It was a high-quality, high-resolution rainbow. Don't know what the hell it was advertising for. I'm just saying. <laughs> Annoys the hell out of me when they do things like that. So just let saying. us move on. Um, I'm, I'm still, I'm still waiting for my for my ad to load. You know what? I'm I'm going to recommend stop loading your ad because we're losing your voice. Oh dear. Which is ungood. So anyway. My ad won't load. <clears throat> Makes me sad. This week, ABC has said that they are going to be rebooting the TV show The Greatest American Hero, which I enjoyed that show. Oh beautiful. Which, if you haven't seen the show before, was about a guy named Ralph, who was abducted by aliens and given a suit that gives him superpowers so he can save the world. The problem is he lost the instruction book. Yes. Which made for a very original show, I think, because you don't see superheroes who don't know how to use their powers to the extent that he doesn't know how to use his powers. A very fun show. Um, which is why, you know, if you watch the trailer and see him flying through the air, but he's flailing, it's because he doesn't know how to fly. Which is, it was a fun show. Uh, starring originally William Cat, Robert Culp, and Connie Selica. This time, however, uh, they're not giving it to a white English teacher. They're going to be giving the suit to a 30-year-old Indian-American woman from Cleveland named Mira. That should make, I think, a very interesting plot twist. Because that's... I agree. Certainly not what I would have expected. And you know what? I don't mind the gender-switching thing, as long as you do something original with it, and I think this qualifies. Absolutely. It's a great premise, like you said, because it's not explored very often, which is kind of unusual to, to not having it come back again and again and again. I think it's a very, very cool idea. I, I love changing up the casting. Makes perfect sense because, gee, you know what we need more of is 
male white heroes. No, not really, because no. there are thousands of them. So cool. I mean, I like the, the fact. That ultimately, of course, is how will the scripts be? That's what what matters. But right. I'm really looking forward to this because, again, this is not something that's being rebooted because, oh, uh, we just did our last version in May. Like it seems, well, there's so many of the reboots are just constant. Yeah. So this has been a, a long time ago. So really like the the fact that this is coming back. If if it's, I can't say if it's half as good because if it's half as good as the original, then it really won't be very good. Obviously, right. But if it comes close to the original, this should be very very entertaining because that's a that was such a fun show. But it was William Cat had a lot of charm. So hopefully, this actress ha- has just as much charm as he did. I mean, because that really made it work. It'd be interesting to see too who plays the Robert Culp type character because he was a big part of it. Yeah. Um, Connie Selica was almost a background character at this point, which oh, yeah, I'm oh, not yeah. knocking Connie Selica. I'd like to be knocking. No, that's <clears throat> sorry. Yeah. Too late. You're married. Anyway. Yeah, no. Um, she was. She wasn't that important, and that's something that can change, and probably something they will change because in this version, the Connie Selica character will be a guy. Maybe. So. May I? Good point. Maybe, Maybe. not. Maybe. So that would be fun too. Yeah. So, yeah. This is this is to me this is really cool news because I mean that's such a fun show. I mean it's a very fun show and uh, hopefully this will be just as fun, just as lighthearted and entertaining because you know there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of shows that are just light and funny and well done. There are like a lot of light, funny crap fests that are on, like oh, Kevin can wait. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> on or, to good uh, things. Yeah. Well, <laughs> how about uh, Matthew Vaughn doing Man of Steel two while we're doing Superman things? Yeah. Would that make it more interesting for you? Because I know you did not care for Man of Steel one. Not at all. I didn't care for it at all. Uh, yeah. If. If they make Superman realize that it's okay to do things and save people, that would be kind of cool. I mean, we're past that point because he's not going to not save Dad because Dad says no. He's not going to, you know, break his promise and save the lives of a bunch of kids because, oh, people might know what you can do. I was like, let's let that happen. Right. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, the guy who did the, um, wow, why am I blanking out? Kingsman. Yeah, right. that's very cool. <clears throat> Very, very cool, because those films have a lot of style, a lot of action. They're light, <clears throat> Warner Brothers. So the fact that they're going with him, to me, speaks volumes that Warners may have finally caught a clue and realized, oh, you know what? It doesn't all, all have to be the most grim, freaking thing on the planet every time out. Superman is supposed to be the light character, Dark Dark Man. Batman is Dark Man. Batman is the dark character. But Liam Super, Neeson they, they retired from doing action movies. <laughs> Ooh, nice, nice fill in. Thank you. Liam Neeson would have been an excellent Batman. Um, Actually. It would have been. Uh, and still could be Thomas Wayne in some incarnation, but no, let's not go there because when they do, as you were talking about Flashpoint Paradox, they already have the guy that played Thomas Wayne and he'll be excellent because he would be an excellent Batman in any way aside from that. Yes. But th- those characters always have balanced out light and dark. Optimism versus pe- pessimism or pragmatism, if you want to view Batman that way. And it just did not work for me to make Superman this dark character. It's, it's frankly stupid. Yeah. I mean, what do people think of the Christopher Reeve version? It's because he's just, he's just a joyful 
character who enjoys being who he is. And yes, there were some angsty moments, of course. And yes, there was a time when he decided to change the Earth's rotation and move us back a day so Lois would be alive, which kind of things. Well, you could go back even further and get rid of Hitler, but thanks for nothing, Soups. Anyway, yeah. that was actually a bad moment, but it's also kind of cool. Actually, we'll even get to that bit in a minute, I think. Excellent. Um, did have a bit more casting news with the uh, the Titans series, though. Nice. I mentioned last week they were talking about having uh, Hawk and Dove as characters on the show. Right. And now they've been cast. Uh, Alan Richon as Hawk and Minka Kelly as Dove. Alan Rickman? What? Not Alan no. Rickman. Alan Richson. <laughs> Richson. Only with yes. a T in it. Just to make it difficult to pronounce. Uh, I'll be honest, I'm not familiar with either of these actors, and I'm only peripherally aware that Hawk and Dove even exist. But it's news on stuff that we cover, so I'm passing it on. And very interesting characters. I think very cool characters. I like the Hawk and Dove characters. I am not at all familiar with them. Well, I'm much more familiar with when they were brothers. Well, yeah, and of the, course. The Justice League Unlimited version is about right. all I know. <laughs> yeah. That would be the one episode in season four. I don't know. Anyway. But the, but the, but the new incarnation kind of carries over. The new incarnation of Dove still kind of carries over that dynamic. And I think that's a really cool. Um, it's just a neat concept of Hawk and Dove and obviously what they represent. And if you don't know what they represent, stop listening because you're an no, awful no, person. No. Yes. No, 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 anyway. no, no. no <laughs> anyway. How's this? You can listen to this because this is this is really good news. Stan Lee thinks that eventually Marvel will, in fact, get the rights to the Fantastic Four and the X-Men back so they can put them in with the rest of the extended universe. Hopefully, while Stan is still around to do his cameos. You know what they're doing? They're secretly doing that. I swear to God, this is true, although I have no reason to think that. They are filming cameos right now with Stan. They have like 80 in the can, so they can just insert them in 600 years. I can verify at least five. (laughs) He's not kidding. I I, I was about to say, no, he's already filmed his next five, so that's through what, 2019? Well, the thing is, they're set pieces, and they can be inserted in any film. Exactly. So... It's you know, and actually, I really have no knowledge of that, but it makes perfect sense. Why wouldn't you? Exactly, because I, they're I, fun. I like they're it. fun little moments. Yeah, I think that's that's great. And talking about planning, it's like, well, okay, basically the founding father, and, and yeah, okay, you got Ditko and you got Jack Kirby, but still, basically, the driving force of Marvel. Let's use him while he's here because exactly. he's fun to have in our movies. So I, I like that a lot. Um wanted to see what you thought about this because I sent you an image this week yes, of the new look I saw it. of Hellboy and which is you know another comic book movie see that's my segue um, I think he looks like Ron Perlman with longer hair but that might just yeah. be me they did a very um, good well, job of bringing back the other look yeah they did but when you said new look it's like it, and it is a new look but it's not 
you know, because a lot of times with reboots and remakes, it's like, oh, let's change things up. And it's like, oh, God, no. I mean, look, Hellboy is three inches tall and he's green. He looks like Hellboy. <laughs> and like you said, even more importantly, he looks like Ron Perlman as Hellboy. Right. Um, he, he's, he's, he's even more ripped than Ron Perlman's version, uh, which is interesting. Um, no reason not to. So it's a, it's a little bit of a change. But, of course, he does. He looks like Hellboy. He looks exactly the way Hellboy is supposed to look. Like you said, hair's a little longer. It looks a little different. But it's a different actor. Right. Uh very cool. Makes me happy, you know, if, if we couldn't get Ron Perlman. But, I mean, realistically, you know, at some point, like Liam Neeson, yeah, you know, you kind of you get the point where you're not going to be doing action roles anymore. So I'm, I'm cool with that at, at this point. I really wish we had gotten another Ron Perlman Hellboy. Well, and, but And Ron Perlman this, is apparently 67. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I've only seen... And I, my, of course, I don't have my browser up to find out what his name is. But he was in Stranger Things. That's the only thing I've seen him in that I can recall. But he was very good in Stranger Things. David Harbor. David Harbor. Thank you. Yeah, he's, he was very good in that. Uh, and I'm very happy that Hellboy is coming back because I really like both of the Hellboy movies. So even though it's a different group, the creator is involved. That's probably the most important thing. Right. So if Mike Mignola is on board, uh, should be a pretty good sign that everything will be fine with Hellboy. So I like it. It's it's nice again to look for look at a reboot or a remake, however you want to call it, or a reimagining or a re cash cow. Oh, is that what they really want? Yeah. Yes. And, and say this looks like this will be fun. This looks good. I'm looking forward to this as opposed to, oh, look, here's the next crap fest, which will fail. So very, very cool. Speaking of failing crap fests, or at yes. least the potential thereof, are you looking forward to Blade Runner 2049? I, You know, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm also fearful. <laughs> I just, you know, there's just been so many... Um, there have been so many miscalculations, let's say. Yeah. Especially this year. So it's it's kind of scary. I'm looking forward to it, but I'm not like, oh, I can't wait because I'm kind of afraid that, wow, that kind of sucked. So, and I know you're not a big fan at all of Blade Runner. I really like the original it's Blade Runner. I'm not a big fan it, of it. It, it is slow paced, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there's going to be an animated prequel. To 2049 called Blackout 2022. Um, apparently, it's being made by anime filmmaker Shinjiro Watanabe, uh, who has done some really cool stuff like Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Champloo. Very cool things. Um, the thing is, they they made this big announcement. They said, "Here is a look at some of his stuff that he's doing for this show." The 2049 opens on October 6th which is what two weeks from now no mention yeah. of when the prequel anime thing is going to be released that's my only knock on it so far seems a little odd doesn't it big announcement seems big like announcement Ooh, we forgot to put the date you know seems like the clock is ticking <clears throat> it could be a it could be a Christmas thing it'll come out at Christmas <laughs> Which brings Absolutely. me to uh, my, one of my favorite Christmas movies. Now, normally uh, I am I am not a, into the holiday thing 
at all whatsoever. But this I liked because there's going to be a forthcoming Christmas book based on Die Hard. <laughs> uh, I, I am... I am really looking forward to this. It's called a, a, a Die Hard Christmas, the Illustrated Holiday Classic. And I have acquired the first three pages uh, of text. This is all written like a kid's book. So, <laughs> nice. you ready for this? I'm going to read you <clears throat> the first couple pages here. Please do, Uncle Rob. Please <clears throat> read to us. Twas the night before Christmas, and up in the tower, everyone was partying except one wallflower. John McLean missed his wife. Things just weren't the same since Holly moved west and changed her last name. He tried to win her back, but still she said no, while unbeknownst to them there was trouble below. A truck had pulled up, and who should disembark but fourteen men whose intentions were dark. I want the rest of this, because... Holy cow! That's that's just awesome. That's uh, that absolutely sounds awesome. That's exactly what I was thinking of. And um, it, it's illustrated. You know, it, it's illustrated like a kid's book. I'll see if I can put some pictures up on the website or something, um, or a link to where I got the that's information. That's awesome. From. It really is. I want this. Um, which, which, which makes me happy. Yes, I want this too. It, it, so when a, you get your copy, photocopy it. And, no, 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 no. I will, no, no, I'll no. get my own copy. Um, we do not endorse copyright violation and stealing uh, intellectual property or or real property. Nope, nope, uh, nope, nope, nope. Speaking of Die Hard and and therefore speaking of Bruce Willis, have you seen the previews for Death Wish? I have. And what did what do you think? I have no idea. <clears throat> um, I thought it looked. See, if you had told me that it was a new movie that had a new title and was not called Death Wish, mm-hmm. I would have said that that's a really co- that that was a cool movie and I would have liked it. Mm-hmm. But it's a reboot of a, mm-hmm. a movie that I, I'll admit I should have seen by now, but haven't. Oh, you really should have. So because because of that though. I don't know if I'm going to like the new one because before I see it, yes, I'm going to have to watch the old one first. You know what? I wouldn't. I would okay. approach this. I would approach this as a new movie, and because if you watch the old one and this one changes enough, because like, I think it's, I think there are from the previews and previews, you really can't tell much depth of what's going on in a preview. That they don't have time to give you any depth. I get right. that. From what I see in the previews, it seems to be lacking the depth that was in Death Wish. So I would just take it as a new thing, and then maybe go back and watch Death Wish afterwards. The original is what I how I would approach it. Death Wish with Charles Bronson is definitely worth watching. There, God, I think he was in four of the damn things, and the only one worth watching is the first one. But there's a lot of character development because he's this. He's an architect. He's even though it's Charles Bronson who was like one of the biggest action stars of the 70s yeah he very much in this movie he's very much like Liam Neeson is in his action movies he's just a guy uh well take that back because Liam Neeson is a guy with a very specific set of skills Charles Bronson has no specific set of skills he's an architect that's all he is he's just a normal guy his family gets mugged terrible things happen 
and he, he doesn't just decide to oh I'm going to be an avenging angel he's just emotionally broken he's like like normal people would be and an, an, an event happens and he just kind of happens to handle the situation he didn't expect to but he did and that changes him and that puts him on this path of I'm going to take business into my own hands but he gradually builds towards that he just doesn't flip a switch and, and think I'm like the stereotypical Clint Eastwood thing and I'm going to take care of things he's not dirty airy at all uh, but the character changes throughout the entire film until at the end he's a different person than he started with I don't know at all that this is going to have any character arc <laughs> judging from the previews <laughs> you know something happens something happens to his family you can tell that from the previews so that's not I don't know what happens other than something bad but you, I don't know if he just okay I'm going to take care of this or if he follows that same path I hope he follows that same path because that's what makes Death Wish the first one Bronson a great movie because it's it's yeah it's a revenge flick it's an action pick but it's a character study and it's it's very it makes perfect sense the way that could happen to one person where this terrible event happens and it changes him, but it takes a long time to change him. And I hope that's what this is because Bruce Willis is, he can be a great actor. I mean, yeah. he has a lot of range. It's just most movies, they don't ask him to do it. So he doesn't, it's, there's not, there's nothing there for him to do in this script. I really hope that's what, because this could be a great movie. If they don't do that, this'll be a fun movie. And that's okay too, right? So I, you know, I I'm looking forward to it either way, but I really hope they go with that arc because that was just so cool watching Charles Bronson just being this guy, and then gradually, you know, becomes he doesn't have a death wish. It's everybody who crosses his path by the end of the movie has a death right. wish, and and that's what makes them that movie so good. And I really hope that this this one does the same thing. My uh, my one thing is I, I just wanted them to give it a different title, and I would have been I would have been better with it. Does, I, and and I agree. Sense? Oh, absolutely, I agree because that way they don't have to follow that same path and they right. they avoid the comparisons, and they can just put you know okay if you based on a death wish you know okay and somewhere buried into the credits six minutes into the end credits based on the novel whatever that death wish was based on pretty sure death wish was based on a novel and they can just put it in there and that way they avoid any kind of comparisons and blah 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 that would have been to me that would have been smarter because i don't know that death wish has any built at this point you know how much built-in buzz are you getting because oh oh it's the new death wish movie gee i've been waiting for this for 47 years probably not so i agree they should have just gone with their own title but we'll see i really hope i mean if it was a shot-for-shot shot remake, that would make me happy. That would be cool. Um, you know, maybe not so much because the shot-for-shot shot remake of Psycho is awful. But um, <laughs> but they could, follow, they could follow the plot very closely, and that would make me very happy. Because, man, that was a good movie. And, and Bruce Willis in an action film uh, where he's kicking ass, eventually, at some point, hopefully it takes have, him a while. It'll be fun. going to have some good parts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I hope there are very few Bruce Willis wisecracks. Because to me, that's fun in stuff like Die Hard. But I would like to see this as a more serious film. Right. We'll, we'll see. Um, <clears throat> speaking of really good and, and influential films, 
there was a list that came out this week that I actually really liked, and apparently a lot of other people really agreed with it. Um, Because most of the time when you get the, you know, here's the top 100 films of all time, and you look at it and go, that one? Really? This one was different. This was the 70 most influential, I'll get it out eventually, 70 most influential visual effects movies ever. And I think one of the best things about this list was it was not in, here's the number one movie, number two. No, it came out in alphabetical order, which I think helps because then there's not a, how could you put this movie instead of that movie? Well, because alphabetically it comes before G, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, which I I think helped. And I will, I just had a, a couple minutes really to look at it up until now and I'm looking at it again and my second run through uh, yeah it's an absolutely hmm, probably about as perfect a list as you get I'm sure there was something like why is that not there etc etc oh Skype it really helps you. too like you said it's not ranked yeah um there are some things that I, I think are a bit surprising that they're not there, um, but I understand it. The uh, the new, actually, any non-original Star Wars trilogy movie is not on this <laughs> list. The prequels and the the postquels, can we call them postquels, um, are not on the list, which I think is a good idea because I don't, apart from, I think it was the, the war scene the actual battle in Attack of the Clones, everything else we'd seen before, the, the way they did the, that right. battle was was uh, different. And I think it was good, but not necessarily enough to put it on this list. Um, let's see, toward the end of the list, uh, Tron is on the list. Tron 2 is not. Because even if you don't like the story or the acting or whatever, the visual effects were awesome. Uh, the I totally agree. And to me, here's the big difference. These are not the best visual effects movies. These are the most influential, and I think right. that's why all the, all, all the Star World, Star Wars prequels, postquels aren't on there because they're not groundbreaking like the Star Wars films. And I think that's what happens with Tron and Tron Legacy. Right. The effects in Tron Legacy are great, absolutely, but Tron was you'd never seen anything like that before. No. Uh, and that's the difference. Um, and, and I'm not saying Tron Legacy doesn't belong, but to me, there's a big difference between Tron and Tron Legacy. And that's why, I mean, with things like The Mask, which is not Mask, but The Mask, the Jim right. Carrey thing. And that was, whether you like the movie or not, some people love the movie, a Zack Snyder movie, by the way, and I think it's a really good movie. But the, again, the effects were different, um, and that's where the difference comes in, is that because they set new standards every time, right. which is why Citizen Kane is on there, because people think visual effects, Citizen Kane, yeah, it's deep focus, where everything stays in camera, and you, you can see an object which is a foot from the camera, and you can see an object which is 500 feet away, and it's all in focus, and that was a very, very innovative for the, for the time, yeah. Uh, so that's why the Matrix sequels aren't in this, even though they had 
crap stories, but they had an awesome car chase in the second one. That's why it's exactly. Not and that's why the Matrix is in there because of bullet time, exactly. uh, which is, yeah, it seems like we're getting to the point where, you know, if they if they decide to redo Everybody Loves Raymond, there's going to be bullet time in it. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's in everything. <laughs> Life of Pi, which I was bored to tears with. I really did not like that film, but the effects were incredible in that film, considering that virtually the entire thing except like what maybe six actors <laughs> and a few scenes are, are, are virtual visual effects uh, the original King Kong love the fact that the original King Kong is there as is Peter Peter Jackson's on here a lot uh, as he should yeah. be but the Peter Jackson version is definitely belongs there um, yeah anything of oh, the thing which is great because it's practical effects again this is not computer effects this is visual effects right. and i love the fact that the thing as in the 82 version the john carpenter version is is in there, no, there Just, there's, to me i think there's four movies that i would actually put on this list yeah i'm not sure what i would take off well okay there's right. one I'm, I'm i would two i would like to take off Okay, tell me what the two are first. I want to hear, I want to hear, I want to hear. Oh, no, we're, we're going to go through the what should be there first. Okay, let's put on what should be there because first. Because the remove thing is going <laughs> to cause an argument. Yay! <clears throat> I would put Dark Crystal on this. Oh, yeah. Uh, because, of, I mean, yes, it was a, a, a Muppet movie, but it was so much more than that. And the, there were some incredible visuals that ended up being used in a lot of other things. Uh, later, I, I I wholeheartedly agree because they're obviously big puppets, oh, yeah. and and the fact that they are obviously big puppets disappears within minutes. You get I lost mean, it's, in the it's, characters. It's it's that absolutely, good. absolutely. That's a that's an incredible achievement. Um, maybe because it wasn't that influential, because no one can really pull that off except the Henson Studios, it seems. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's why it's not on the influential list, but I, I would still put it on there. Absolutely agree. Um, what do you think about Willow? Um, gosh. Yeah. Because there, I'm was, not, there I'm were some sure. great visuals in that. I'm not sure. I would have to watch it again because it's probably been 20 odd years since I've seen it. Yeah. Um, Offhand, I would say, from what I recall, sure. There were some great things, yeah. Um, one of the first morphing films, which I, I'm pretty sure it predated... Uh, well, yeah, I know it predated like Terminator 2, which was on the list because of the morphing effects. Um, so, yeah, I'm all in favor of Willow. Um, something I thought was interesting, and I'm not sure which one to put on, mm-hmm. but... There are no Star Trek movies on this list. True. Odd. Um, I would probably go, and I, I, I saw this on one of the message boards and went, that's a very good point. Star Trek II uh, had a lot of uh, computer-generated effects that we hadn't seen before. And... I. I mean, not just because that was the biggest of the Star Trek movies, but because it had those effects in it. I would think maybe include Star Trek II on here somewhere. Which, by the way, was just playing and re-released at the theaters uh, yeah. last week, which is uh, pretty awesome. Was that it they the did 40th that. anniversary of it, I think? I believe so, yeah. 
And uh, <clears throat> the other movie I would add, and I know you're you're going to disagree with this one because I know you don't like these movies, <laughs> but the and I'm just saying the first one, not the whole freaking series, the first of the Harry Potter movies. Oh no, I can. There I'm were not some a fan of, awesome visual effects in that movie. I'm not a fan of the of the visual effects in the movies. I mean, I think they could have been done better, but I also think that was kind of a conscious choice to make it seem a little. There's kind of a sense of, yeah, a kind of a sense of unreality to it, which fits in with the magical concept and stuff. So yeah, I'm, right. I'm definitely on board with that. <clears throat> Shocker. Yep. And now for my <laughs> removals. Uh-oh. Actually, I'm going to say uh, the first removal I want to get rid of is actually Back to the Future. I can see that. Because I, I replaced that with Buckaroo Banzai because <laughs> damn near everything totally that. that came from Back to the Future was already in Buckaroo Banzai, with yeah. the exception of the flaming skid marks. Which is, yeah, not, not exactly to, innovative. Put on the list. Or, or influential. Yeah, flaming skid marks. Let's put that on the list because of the flaming skid marks. No. Yeah. And, uh, all right, now the one that's going to spark an argument because I know you like this movie. Well, let me first add one. Okay, yes, go before ahead. Before we get into an argument and the show's over forever. Yep. 1933, The Invisible Man. <laughs> the Invisible Man where that's he the- unwraps the bandages and he's not there. And it's 1933. I thought that was on the list. It's not on the list, is it? It's not on the list. I was just flipping through and I'm like, uh, what? Really? Wow. Um, and again, maybe they felt, well, it wasn't in- influential, but I think it is because it sets the stage for all these in-camera tricks. Yes. And and basically it's green screen, blue screen. That's how they did it. And I was kind of shocked that that wasn't there. So again, not knocking the list, but because this is really well done compared to a lot of these things that you see. Um, anyway, back to back well, to removals. Like, like what you said, uh, the Invisible Man, Darby O'Gill and the Little People. I had yeah. to look that movie up because I didn't know what the hell this was. Uh, Sean Connery and yeah, Leprechauns. Sean Connery and Leprechauns, exactly. And their little, their Leprechauns are little. It's, it's it's all green screen and camera angles, uh, mm-hmm. like Lord of the Rings, only in what was this, 1958? Right. Yeah. And it's not as well done, obviously, as Lord of the Rings, but it's the same technology. And it's a fun movie, by the way. Definitely a fun movie. Um, it's cool. Yeah, so uh, should, yeah should I totally can see that. On the list. <clears throat> and now... Anyway, anyway, <laughs> the show ending moment. And now to remove... <laughs> because I don't... I went back and watched this... Well, I, I skimmed through the movie again. Yes. And apart from the molten steel version of the Warner Brothers logo... <laughs> I did not see anything in Mad Max Fury Road that required it to be put on this list. No, because I agree. Everything else I've seen, I've seen in other movies. I, I agree. I like the movie a lot. You don't care for it at all. And I really, really love the movie. But I, I don't see anything influential. Um, now, in Mad Max, I could see the inclusion of Mad Max much more than, and not really, because it's just an extended car chase movie. Right. But, but no, and maybe they're thinking of some technical aspect that I'm not thinking of as far as far as the depth of field or whatever. But no, I don't. I really don't see the 
the context for that. It makes me curious as to what exactly they were they were looking at because I really enjoy the movie, but that doesn't mean it belongs on an influential list of effects. To me, it's the just I'm it's, told it was on the list was because they didn't do computer generated effects. They actually endangered people's lives by making all the car wrecks real. Oh, well, sort of, well, sort well, of like why? Sort of like Harold Lloyd did back in the twenties, and Buster Keaton did before Harold Lloyd. I mean, no, that's not influential. No, everything um, I saw in Mad Max Fury Road, I also saw in Beyond Thunderdome. Only now it's in 1080p. Yeah, talk talk to if you want to talk about real effects and talked to uh, Christopher Nolan who which is why Inception is on here because so much of it everything they can do in practical effects he did in practical effects Dunkirk there are no there's no green screen in all the air dog air the dog fights in Dunkirk those are all spitfires from the 40s versus Fokers from the 40s and they have cameras on the wings there's no computer generated effects in those dog fights um now, actually, if that's what we're talking about with this list, yeah. should there not be a Jackie Chan movie on this list? He is the living visual. Of, <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, but if you're going to go that route, yeah, Jackie Chan should be his own category almost. But yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> totally agree. Mad Max Fury Road, I don't see why it's on the list. I mean, I really enjoy it, but there's nothing yeah, I, that I, I can think of. I went through it and went, uh, uh, um, that's arm which of course showed more emotion in that mechanical arm than she showed in the entirety of Prometheus. Um, <laughs> hey, they really cut her arm off. So, you know, practical effects. Oh, well, yeah, I, that shouldn't I mean, be if that's what there. you're going with. And that's why, uh, uh, Forrest Gump's on the list. Cause they chopped off Gary Sinise's legs. <laughs> and I'm, I am glad to see Forrest Gump on there. Uh, yes. I, I think it's awesome that Gertie, the dinosaur is on there. Just like one of the first, smoothly animated films that's pretty very very cool uh babe it's i love the fact that it's on there because it's the best example early example of talking animals where it actually matches right. perfectly so well and it god that's a great movie if, if, it's like the the perfect family movie Blame and there was an, i'm gonna go to sleep <clears throat> and there was another one on here that I was happy to see that people typically probably wouldn't think of as well, okay, seventh void just in bad. People definitely think of it as a special effects, but I'm thrilled to see that it's on there because stop motion animation. And it's I don't know that I would actually put that on there as influential because he'd been Harry Hausen had been doing that when he was an since he was an assistant on King Kong in the thirties, but it's kind of the height the height of it so I can see putting it on there because it's so beautifully done uh, War of the Worlds blah 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 I guess the one thing that I would throw out that I was pleased to see that on there as opposed to just uh, the is Forbidden Planet uh, Forbidden Planet is a movie that's a fantastic movie based on Shakespeare's The Tempest somehow this is to me this is like one of the movies that absolutely they should redo reboot it's let's see 61 years old at this point um the special effects in this a lot of it is matte painting but my god it's so well done uh and the the monster of the id and it's this electrical creature and that's all animated but it's just it's it's seamless it's beautiful especially for the 50s uh 
why they no one has gone back and revisited that as something as a project to do is is absolutely beyond me i mean they did lost in space and they didn't do this i mean come on uh but then again i'm afraid they would redo it and make it another crap fest so that's just leave it alone i'll just watch this one again but it's a really cool list because there are some films in there that you don't think of as young sherlock holmes you don't immediately think of as good visual effects but then you watch it again and you go you know what (laughs) yeah the stained glass night yeah yeah exactly i mean that that attack of the cupcakes yeah Yeah. very fun movie very cool movie very then like like groundbreaking visual effects that's what this is all about exactly and, and, and totally on board with your suggestions for removals and additions wow those are all yeah i know you're shocked just because i really like a movie doesn't mean oh those effects yeah. were groundbreaking I, I don't like i said there has to be something m- missing from why they included mad max fury road <laughs> unless it really was they just thought well it's all practical effects except for the sandstorm unless he really generated a sandstorm now if he really generated that sandstorm now I'm impressed I'm impressed now if you'd like to comment about any of this go ahead and uh, email us uh, cinemasavants at coil.us we have an email address haha we do let us know what you think Um, whatever you use whatever you do don't use Skype to uh connect to send your text either because wow not today we apologize for any rough cuts in this episode (laughs) i'm guessing um it's irma's fault and i'll just say that i'm going to be editing later okay last thing that goes with this list and probably with the show today did you ever get around to seeing valerian i did not did you (laughs) no (laughs) okay good so i'm happy for you no list inclusion for you that's okay. No one else saw it either. Yeah, really. Oy. And, and on that note, I think we're going to end the show now because I'm going to need to go do editing. Whee. I think that's a great idea. Have a good week, everybody. Mario! Opa! Ride! Do you think they would let me live in Montana? I was thinking of the immortal words of Socrates who said, I drank what? Man, we have a weird job. It's shameful, but uh, it's a living. Dorn, that's the end.